Hello and welcome to the Holistic Honey Podcast, an expansive and soulful space for real talk on all things self and soul development, holistic wellness and healing, mindset and modern spirituality. I'm your host, Lauren Cortazzo, a holistic counselor and an empowerment and mindfulness coach. I'm here to help you get to know yourself more deeply, move through mindset and energetic blocks, and bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. This podcast is for the deep thinkers and soul searchers who are ready to break cycles, make positive changes, and embody a happier, confident, and more balanced state of being. Stick around for a no BS approach to self-development, along with impactful, real, and hilarious chats with amazing professionals and friends in the industry. Let's do this. Hello, legends. Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Honey podcast. I am so happy you are here and you are in for such a treat today because today is a very special episode we have got our first ever guest speaker on the Holistic Honey podcast. So the chat that I had with beautiful Anna was so expansive, so helpful, so real and raw. And today is all about anxiety relief and somatic awareness. So I spoke with Anna Ferguson, who is better known as Anna the Anxiety Coach. She is a qualified counselor specializing in anxiety And she supports women to essentially come back home to themselves and really befriend their nervous system through somatic therapy, breath work, polyvagal and holistic practices. So without further ado, let's get into it. All righty. Thank you so much for jumping on board. It is so lovely to see you and have you here in this space. And you are the first guest speaker on the podcast. So this is huge. How exciting. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. It's always, always such a pleasure to chat with you. So good. And Anna is uh, reporting live from a really fancy, awesome looking setup. Tell us (laughs) where you are at the moment. Um, so currently we are on the north coast of New South Wales and we sold up our house and decided to live the I'm going to say van life but it's camper trailer life and we uh we just upgraded actually so we've got two queen beds and I'm feeling like I'm living in absolute luxury at the moment but looking out on a beautiful vista of the estuary and river um and yeah just very very thankful for the beautiful weather today too because it's been pretty wet and windy (laughs) yeah and I think you were saying that you're all you're all good where you are at the moment thank gosh yeah yeah it's been pretty um crazy but we have managed to kind of ping pong our way across the the coast of New South Wales to try and escape some of the weather so we've been pretty lucky yeah and this is huge so you've sold up you're just kind of like let's see where this this journey takes us how does it feel like this is such a huge chapter (laughs) I mean um in it's really interesting it's been a really interesting journey because in hindsight you're so naive when you're like I'm gonna sell everything and just live on the road and it's all gonna be amazing and um there's not gonna be any teething problems whatsoever but even just like downsizing all of your possessions and being literally thrown into um 
something that you don't have any structure or schedule or routine and things that you take for granted like internet connection are like pretty touch and go sometimes that has been a really really big uh, experience and journey and my partner quit his job so like going through all of that um new identity processing and understanding of like how I move through the world when I'm not attached and tethered to the really kind of grounded uh, spaces that I once was has been a very intense but beautiful journey in and of itself. So times where you're like, holy moly, like what have I done? (laughs) There's nothing to hold on to. And other times where I'm like, this is the best decision that we've ever made and it absolutely is because you learn so much about yourself when you're not connected to the things that are most comfortable and safe for you um but yeah it's been a wild ride wow and what about because I I always think about like if I would be cut out for that van life (laughs) I'm always like I love my stuff and I love having my stuff around but that makes me more inclined to kind of lean into something like this because it's really just attachments to like material stuff that like there's obviously so much more that you're learning about yourself in this process oh yeah I know I think that like it's very easy to let go of the material side of things because once you like you know I have this this idea that if I've left something in a box for more than like three months then I that thing should probably go in the bin because I don't need it and I'm not thinking about it (laughs) yeah but when you're like when you think of like your house and I think I never really thought of like my house or my home or the place that I lived in um to be such a vital and important thing that I valued when I was in that space um that has been probably the hardest part of being like my house moves but it also is at the mercy of the environment that you're in so you have to be like super intentional about how you're setting up the way in which you're angled um when weather does hit you can't just like hunker down inside you have to be ready to like go 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 and Mm -hmm. that kind of um mental space that that takes up is never something that I have had to think about prior to this and so it's um both draining and also very rewarding when you get through like a big storm and you're like oh we survived (laughs) but it's something that I think I didn't anticipate taking up so much time and energy in my brain and so it's been a really good lesson in understanding what it actually would be like to be um primitive and living off the land and understanding all of that because we I often thought oh I could do that it's be easy like you just go and fish and you go and do all the stuff that you need to do but when you're in it you're like holy shit the house is like getting flooded so you're using all of this energy in different capacities that you're not used to and that's pretty exhausting at times but um when it's good it's really bloody good (laughs) yeah and I like I use the word primitive I could imagine it is so that like yeah, you, you, there's this expectation versus reality. I would imagine the expectation is like, you know, we're going to be one with nature and we're just going to cruise and see where it takes <laughs> us. And the reality is like, holy shit, the weather forecast is looking fucked. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like when you're um, sometimes you're like, I hate nature because like things just become so uh, intertwined, like there's sand all in your bed or your underwear and like things are just like coming through in the walls and, and you're just like, for once, I just don't want any nature, like 
in or around or in my space whatsoever. So like, it's um, something that I wake up every day. And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm so lucky. Like I feel extremely lucky, but it's also something that you have to be willing to like do a lot of work for. And I think like the van life kind of thing has been glamorized to the nth degree. And um, I think I really fell into that. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Like everything's going to be simple to then be like, holy shit. Like this is not the simplistic thing that I thought it was going to be, but wouldn't change. Like I can't even imagine going back to like living in our house again. Wow. Well, challenging, but rewarding is what you said. And what an opportunity. And this is something that like, you know, when you're 80, you're going to look back and be like, fuck, remember that time we just packed everything up and went? Like, it's so sick. <laughs> yeah. I think also, like, not like having actually sold our house, like, the finality of that um, has been something like when it's hard and you're like, I just want to go home. And that, like, not having that, like, safety net of going, oh, we can just, like, drive back home has been also, like, a, a really big mindset shift of, um, no, like, we have to uh, sit in the discomfort and move through it as best we can um, and be as flexible and adaptive as possible and sometimes that's like pretty jarring when like all you want to do is like snuggle up in a bed and listen to the rain on your roof but not have to think about what that actually like the implications of that actually is so yeah it's it's a if anyone is thinking about van life like I applaud you because it is definitely something that um will up level you quicker than anything else but it is not for the faint of heart either (laughs) yeah well my partner and I are in the process of buying which is so fucking stressful like it's cool but then you get attached to the idea of a a place and you start like trying to manifest it and then you get shit on (laughs) so I'm like you know what maybe we will just throw in the towel and hit up that bad life we'll see (laughs) you'll find the perfect property for you and oh my god I just remembered congratulations on your engagement such a beautiful beautiful ring I'm so excited (laughs) so surreal like yeah it's been an absolute whirlwind so many ups and downs but then I like look down I'm like holy shit like this is this is a new chapter. This is awesome. I know. And, you know, like getting engaged and buying a property, these are all just like beautiful commitments that we make to an intention behind something. And it's like that disconnection from the outcome more than it is just following through with the intended uh, creation that you are uh, leaning into. So I'm so excited for that journey for you. And I know that like, yeah, the housing market's pretty spicy. So like there's going to be times where you're feeling like this isn't for me, but that you'll definitely find the spot that like, like feels like home for both of you so I'm excited for that journey for you too thank you so much yeah I think this process has made me realize like I've I've realized that I'm always that person that's like okay what's the next thing let's keep leveling up what's that next thing we're gonna do and it's really made me just try and be really present really grateful for the situation we're in at the moment we're not in a rush you know so it's yeah I've been forced to kind of just enjoy the moments and the little things because yeah you do get swept up especially when you're thinking of that next step and a huge investment you're like oh my god I just want it to happen now you know (laughs) and I think that's something that we all are um 
very much inclined to do is that next big thing, next, 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 and forget that like life is the thing that's happening in this moment. And sometimes that's uncomfortable and uh, like scary and unknown. And that's a really hard place to sit in. So even just having that intention of being present throughout the processes that you're going through is like a beautiful yet challenging thing to do and it's this constant like bringing yourself back bringing yourself back over and over again that happens so I um I applaud you for going through that process I don't think I'd be able to go through the house buying process right now (laughs) I'm going through a different process (laughs) that's equally as challenging but it's um again that presence is like the one thing that kind of brings me back to that wonder and awe of life and the ability that we have to even make these decisions and think these thoughts and that's a beautiful thing in and of itself absolutely which is a perfect segue into why you're here and the <laughs> you're speaking about presence and it is something that you know I think a lot of people and a lot of our listeners not even just over the past few years but I think it's really amplified it like there's a lot happening energetically and just in the world and it's really hard at times to just be present bring yourself back to the present moment and the mental chatter, the anxious, the the anxious thoughts and the forward thinking is freaking huge, which is where you come in. And I absolutely applaud the work you do. I adore the work you do and who you are. So tell us a bit about yourself and the work that you do. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. And I think it's something that for most of my life, like that's how I felt. I felt like it was this constant rat race against other people, but really it was this, this fight against myself to be who I am, to be present in my own body and feel comfortable in that space. And the reason why I got into this work in the first place was because I had gone through um, a very traumatic rollercoaster accident when I was 10 years old. And I went from being a super outgoing, super uh, social and just vivacious young kid. And like overnight, felt like my life had changed but in a very granular way that I couldn't quite understand what was going on so I went from being very fun loving outgoing and and excited to a very depressed version of myself in which I was much smaller my parameters of operating were much smaller because of the way in which my body had been impacted by injury so I couldn't do certain things I couldn't exercise I couldn't even walk for more than 10 minutes in the beginning um and I felt very angry like I felt like my childhood had kind of been taken away in that capacity and the confusion of all of that at being 10 years old was that I'd never even considered what mental health was like I'd just been like as a kid you're just in this space of doing and being and and you don't have the inhibitions that you have as an adult so then to be thrust into a space of fear of confusion of disconnection from that that was something that I really struggled to come to grips with of understanding what was going on for me internally and without the right guidance and support that turned into not only anger at myself, but then anger at everyone around me. Um, And that kind of disorganized chaos that came with that. So being very rebellious, not trusting myself enough, and which spilled over into not trusting other people. Um, The the very intense fear of the unknown and the uncertainty that manifested as insane 
lists of 10-year planning down to the millisecond of my life so that when things didn't go to plan, um, that threw me into complete disarray. Um, And that really came to a head when I was about 22, 21, 22 years old um, because it was this constant state of activation and then falling into a deep state of depression like that freeze response and then coming back into a state of activation and I was exhausted like there was nothing that felt easy in my life I didn't know how to uh, communicate I didn't know how to hold conversations I didn't know how to do anything other than put on a mask and show up as this very successful fun-loving person but when I'd come home I'd fall to pieces because it felt so uh like so much effort to be that person it felt so inauthentic I felt like a real fraud and that idea of like this real tension within me led me to um very dark suicidal ideation and um uh questioning of what am I doing here in a way that it was like is it worth pushing and pushing and pushing for the rest of my life Or is there another way? Because I can't continue going down the same path that I have been going. So in that moment, it was a choice of like, do I stay here and figure this out or do I depart this earth and and try to um, ease myself of the pain that I'm feeling? Because it's been 13 years of a real struggle internally. How do I start to move in a way that feels better? And that was like a big question to ask myself because I had no idea what that was. And I'd seen therapists and counselors and psychiatrists, psychologists, and the support that I was getting was, um, let's just say, not my style of approach in that a lot of cognitive thought processes. And as anyone would know who experiences anxiety, like, you can think about these things till the cows come home and you can cognitively and logically know that how you're feeling might not match up with reality or the situation, but it doesn't change the way in which you're feeling. And what I needed and sought was a shift in my energy and the way in which I felt so that I was able to actually go, there is a possibility to be something different and feel something different to what I'm feeling currently. So that was really the catalyst for me and um, starting my business and finding a very holistic approach to understanding anxiety of mental health, of trauma, um, and how our mind and body are inextricably connected to one another in a way that we are not given um, the gift and really our birthright of understanding ourselves from that level. So for me, it was like, I felt lied to. I felt lied to by like a lot of psychologists and therapists and studying psychology and doing all of that stuff. No one gave the information freely that we felt really necessary. And so that anger and frustration with that system was like, no, I'm going to have like a no holds barred. I always get confused where there's no no bars held or no holds barred. <laughs> like accessible space where there's no secrets. Like 
you are the the ultimately your own healer you ultimately know innately how to give yourself what you need but sometimes it's having that validation and having that person to guide you to show you hey you're doing it right hey yes that that movement feels really good because it's your gift and way to regulate your nervous system and so my business was really an extension of that like accessible mental health care that I wanted people to be able to feel seen but also know that there's no one size fits all like just because cbt didn't work for you or just because dbt or something else didn't work for you you're not broken there's just different ways in which you're going to respond to things and that has been one of the most amazing experiences to be able to gift that to the world but also for myself to continue that exploration of how diverse humans are and it's a beautiful thing to see because I think we often forget and we try to um, see this like linear spectrum of human beings when it's far more like a confetti cannon of <laughs> just diversity that comes from it. So it's it's been quite a journey for myself, but also to then be able to share that with the world has been just huge for me too. So yeah, that's a very long-winded way of <laughs> explaining myself. <laughs> no, that was awesome. And you're just a fucking legend like the work that you do and the way even you explained based on this experience which was you know from the age of 10 to I think you said 22 when you really had this kind of thing of I'm at a crossroads what am I going to lean into that's a massive period of time especially 10 years old like you said like that's peak childhood when we're you know not thinking of that the world's hard and things are scary so it's a really young age for you to have been experiencing this fear and these you know, the, the, the doubts and all of that. So yeah, for you to get to a stage where you're like, how can I fucking help other people and pinpoint what, what I didn't get and what wasn't helpful for me. And I, I hear a lot of people say like, you know, talk therapy can be great. And I think sometimes when we're in our own heads so much though, if we're constantly, talking about the thoughts, the thinking, like it can just kind of amplify it sometimes. And there's such a difference between thinking and feeling. And I know this is something we both have in common with the work we do and the modalities we use is the mind-body connection and the somatic awareness. So tell me, tell the listeners a little bit about the mind-body connection and how you can kind of develop awareness around that because it's huge and it's a big penny drop moment for a lot of people when they realize this. Yeah. And I think that you you summed that up beautifully in that a lot of the time our way of processing information um, as human beings in 21st century society is to talk it through, right? We're, we're very good at talking through these things. But where somatic therapy and somatic awareness comes in is that when we experience trauma or events or even just stress in our life, your body is responding to parts of that event, to the ways in which you're moving through the world in ways that we can't comprehend, as well as storing parts of that uh, memory or situation in ways that we can't cognitively access. So if you have ever talked about uh, something that has happened to you and it elicits a response in your body, 
you know what it feels like to have your mind and body connected, right? So when we think about being really anxious, our heart might start racing. We might get red cheeks. We might get clammy hands. And when we start to look at this on a deeper level, we can start to see that it all makes sense because one is not working. We're not, uh, it's not the duality of life where the mind and body are, are separate from one another. There's all of these highways and motorways that are connecting these two things together because one will not be without the other. So those sensations are created in a bi-directional manner, as in like your body can respond to an event or a, a space prior to your brain cognitively becomes aware to that situation, or your brain can respond to something cognitive and then your body follows. And so when I discovered this, it was really like just eye-opening to me because I realized that a lot of the time we might be feeling anxious and a lot of people I come I, like I work with will say I don't know why I don't know why I'm feeling anxious I can see the world and I'm there's nothing in here that is triggering me but I can't stop feeling anxious and that is because your body listens to the world around you through this process called neuroception and it is how it starts to map what is safe and not safe so if you have been for example if you were sat on santa's lap when you're a kid and you cried and there's like a photo of you crying on santa's lap like we can all yeah we can all have we can all have a chuckle about those things but your nervous system is reacting to your environment and the way in which we understand what is safe and unsafe is by attaching meaning by emotion to certain things so especially as kids we can't cognitively define what's uh triggering and what's not so we attach emotions to certain things that might not not necessarily be the dangerous thing so for example santa's wearing velvet pants or he has a beard and whilst that might not be the triggering thing, the triggering thing is that you're sitting on a stranger's lap and that's fairly scary, you might attach a meaning or emotion of fear to velvet or to a beard or to this Christmas carols. Mm. And you're not cognitively aware of that. So when you come into the world and you're moving through things and that thing comes up for you, your body is going to react as if it's in a state of survival. And that is where it can become very kind of uh, difficult to understand why. But when we start to lean into this feeling of, I trust that my body is reacting. I trust that there is a reason for it. It makes sense that there's a reason for it. Then we can start to step back and understand how our mind and our body can be brought together so that they're actually working in synergy as opposed to two opposing forces that are causing tension. And so when we think of cultivating that body awareness and that mind-body connection, very simple things like safe touch, using your hands to create sensations in your body and then giving that very colorful and descriptive language is such a beautiful, simple technique that we often overlook as being too simplistic, right? Like if you were to gently stroke your hands across your thigh, it creates different sensations. Like to me, I'm like, oh, it kind of feels like feathery. It feels soft. It feels like uh, almost ticklish. And when we start to create that 
I'm making this sensation with my hands, but then I can cognitively express that this is a certain sensation. We've deepened that connection between what is going on in our body and what is going on in our mind. So these two things become more intertwined and um, understood and they make sense, right? And the other way in which we really want to start to cultivate that mind-body connection is through honoring and accepting that our sensations, they they actually have a place in their value, their responsibility, the ways in which they're trying to work for you, not against you. So we often demonize, uh, oh, my heart is racing, therefore I have anxiety. When did we create that meaning that we attached our heart racing to anxiety. Your heart is also going to race when you do exercise. It is also going to race when you're excited and maybe you meet someone that you really like and you're going to get nervous butterflies. Your heart rate's going to elevate. So it is a function of the body that is an expression of how we move through life, right? When we attach different meanings to it, we put it in a box and we say, oh, our heart racing only means that we're anxious. So if you experience generalized anxiety, then you're going to go to a job interview. You're going to go on a date. You're going to go on lots of different things and think, oh my God, I'm anxious because my heart is racing. Instead of that very mindful presence of going, my heart is racing, right? And exploring that that sensation has a function, but it's not necessarily the only function that we attach meaning to. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So way to put it. Yeah, and I think when we can start to uh, diffuse a lot of the sensations that we have throughout our body and give them more breadth of uh, responsibility and value, there's less fear around that sensation from happening because I, for a lot of people who experience anxiety, they'll say, I just want this to stop. So I just want this, like, I just don't want to experience a racing heart anymore. And my response to that is then you would have to be dead for that to happen because (laughs) something will trigger a racing heart at some point, but it's the meaning that we attach to it of anxiety, that conditioned response of going, this is happening, therefore it means this. That's where we start to have that that fear attached to it. So if we can start to diffuse the, the meaning that we've attached to something, then we actually honor our body and our mind so much more because we're just seeing it as information and then offering an exploration into what that could be and how we can best support ourselves. So having the body awareness and sensations along with the uh, what meaning do I attach to this and what else could it mean? What What is this information trying to share with me right now and how can I best serve myself? Those two things together will create such a deepened connection between the body and mind that you'll be able to start to diffuse a lot of the kind of little triggers that come out from all of those things as well. Yeah. Oh my God, you just have such a beautiful way of explaining it. And I love that. And even, you know, our mind is always wanting to diagnose and find out why, what's the reason for this? Like what's the, it's trying to rationalize things. And sometimes feelings are just feelings and we need to know how to hold space for that. So the mind-body connection is um, such a beautiful practice to start to be more aware of and lean into because it's something that we're going to be able to kind of, when we notice the mental chatter coming up, let's bring it down. Let's come back into our body and 
feel into it instead of kind of this starting to go really, you know, the, yeah. the chatter starting to get really, really loud. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, would you be able to share with the listeners some of your favourite tips and tricks and I know like movement's a really big thing for you. So if, if you guys follow Anna on um, Instagram or TikTok, she always has some really beautiful movements and practical tips and things to try. What are some really helpful tips for anxiety relief that you find um, a really good place to start? Yeah. So I, like I said, I love movement. I love anything that is really tactile and um, something that requires doing, because I think a lot of the time we can get stuck in like, even with breathing techniques, like, oh, I've got to breathe into my belly and, and really try to intellectualize everything. Whereas movement is a thing that we uh, innately do without even thinking about it. So if I said, uh, shake your body, then you would know how to shake your body. You don't need to intellectualize that process. And so when we can bypass that intellectualizing of the processes that we have to do, then you have a, a natural resource that you can lean into any point in time. So shaking is a big one that I love to use, like just being silly. Like even if it is just shaking your hands out, shaking your head around, shaking your body, bouncing up and down on your feet, because when we are activated, that adrenaline rush that comes up is often like squashed back down. Like we really go, no, I don't want to be anxious right now or no, not right now. I'm in a meeting or, but if you can excuse yourself and give yourself the space to actually use that anxious energy, you're going to finish that stress response cycle so much faster than if you go, not right now, I don't have time for this. And that is a really beautiful thing to lean into, to honoring that your body needs to move. Your nervous system wants you to move. If you don't move, then you're going to be sending this signal, I'm not safe. And we haven't moved away from danger. We've done nothing to negate this danger. And so you're just going to keep feeling anxious and keep yourself in that cycle. So any sort of movement like shaking, taking the rubbish bins out, going for a walk around your cubicle, wherever you are, as long as you're like getting up from your spot, moving your body in a way, and then going back to the same spot or a different spot, that's always a beautiful one. Um, I love things like touch, um, especially like using our hands to create like a sensation like heat or a soft, gentle touch, like even just wringing your hands out like you're washing your hands is a really beautiful um, havening technique. So we can use this to create bilateral movement. So we're alternating our hands and we can use our eyes to watch. So we're creating a different focus of our eyes to watch movement. And then we can use things like touch touch to activate our vagus nerve, which runs and innovates all of our lips and our face. So if we can stroke away our face, like we're wiping away tears, that's a beautiful way to activate our vagus nerve and to give ourselves this really soothing touch that often we crave from other people. But it'd be a bit weird if you were like, hey, uh, to your coworker, can you just like gently stroke my face for me? Stroke me, please. <laughs> so these are all with that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't go doing this with other people if they're not your safe person but definitely yeah. like giving back yourself the power to self-soothe I think like this idea of um self-soothing has become like almost like this oh I can't do that uh people think I'm weird or I shouldn't have to self-soothe I should just be okay I should be strong enough to get through this like 
human beings have moved so far away from how we were in like tribal communities and the way in which we interacted and engaged, but also the way in which we were parented and mothered, like we have moved so far away from that, that it feels wrong to almost touch your face in a way that feels really nice. So a lot of this is a reclamation of understanding that as a human being, you fundamentally need touch you fundamentally need connection you fundamentally need all of these things to feel safe in your body and it's not wrong to lean on others for support it's not wrong to uh, like having your face stroked or your back rubbed or asking that of someone that you feel safe with and if you can reclaim that space then you're going to be able to give yourself the tools and resources that your nervous system has historically and ancestrally grown to uh, to actually use to regulate yourself with and if we deny that any longer within ourselves then we're denying our ancestral lineage of actually uh, using evolution to our advantage so if you can find and just explore things like touch sound sight but in a very tactile way with someone that you feel safe with or even just by yourself then you're going to find so many natural resources that really help you regulate your your mind and body in um, different and maybe what might be seen as unusual ways but are going to be far more effective than trying to push through or intellectualize the whole experience in and of itself yeah and shaking is probably shaking movement even just dancing is one of my favorite ways to really just shake off some of that energy that I feel is kind of sitting you know you can feel that unease in your body and you're like I need to get rid of this I need to shake it off and move it so yeah there's some really beautiful ways and you mentioned you know wanting to get people more comfortable with the self-soothing and actually doing this for yourself because I've noticed there's this pattern a lot of the time of like sometimes we wait for other people to be that person when I find someone or when I'm comfortable with someone they can do that for me but it really does take away that um yeah like this self-soothing we need to be able to do this for ourselves and at any time as well instead of um seeking externally Absolutely. And it's so empowering to actually do that for yourself because instead of expecting someone else to just know that they should do that for you, that they're not, they don't understand. (laughs) They only understand what they know to be safe and and soothing for them so if you are not exploring that within yourself and what feels really good for you then you can't ever expect someone that you feel safe with or love or whether that's your intimate partner or family or friends you can't make a request of them or have an expectation that they're going to understand how to do that for you so this self-exploration is not only for yourself but it creates safety between relationships and engaging in those relationships too because it helps other people know I know what to do when xyz is in this situation but also now I also have a resource that I might explore too so it creates a much deeper bonded connection between that space instead of um, us all walking around thinking that everyone's mind readers which we love to do and that you should have known what to do in that situation Um, so it's very empowering to be able to do that for yourself but also empowering for the type of relationships that you want to create and cultivate by gifting that information to other people in a way that allows them to understand and support you too 
Absolutely. And, you know, it's empowering and it develops that self-trust as well. I know how I need to be touched or what's going to work to help me um, bring myself back down. It's such important information that often, again, when we're relying on others and we're doing that mind reading, we're often not actually in tune with what it is we need and how it is we need to be um, touched or all of that. So I think it's a really beautiful practice to start to develop a little bit of that self-soothing and it doesn't have to be anything hectic and crazy. It can be something <laughs> as simple as tracking on a playlist and just having a dance and just shaking your ass and shaking off some of that energy. <laughs> <laughs> or putting some food in my mouth because I have a dead that's definitely my, my thing for sure. <laughs> Angry. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And before we jump off, I just wanted to ask if any of the listeners are wanting to find you, reach you, work with you, how can they do that? Absolutely. So my my go-to hangout would definitely be Instagram at Anna the Anxiety Coach. Um, I'm also on TikTok. It's the same at Anna the Anxiety Coach across the board for my website and everything. Um, and my one space in which pe- people can work together is through the Kind Mind Club, which is um, my accessible mental health membership um, and program. And that is going to be opening up in two weeks time, which is very exciting. So Uh, definitely come and check that out because there's such a beautiful community of humans who are just it blows my mind every day watching people just like show up and support each other from all around the world Um, but in a very very holistic and uh, guided space that we can really connect about the things that aren't often talked about in a social level on a much deeper scale as well. Yes. And it is such a beautiful space you've created. I've dipped my toe into that space and, you know, the energy in there is absolutely potent and supportive and beautiful. So yeah, if you guys are keen to reach out or keen to um, suss out what Anna's all about, Anna, the anxiety coach um, and the kind mind club. Yeah. And Lauren, you are just as much a beautiful part of the club as anything else. And yeah, it's definitely something that I can't wait to continue to co-create as well, because it's it's something that I think fundamentally continues to expand when we have amazing people like you come in and share your knowledge as well. So thank you for being a part of that. And thank you for having me on to chat with you today. It's been such a fun one to just chat about all things with you. So thank you so much. Hells, yeah, you are so welcome. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And I know that people are going to get so much out of this. So I'm so grateful. Thank Thank you you so so much. Hey honeys, if you love today's episode, please don't forget to chuck us five stars, like, subscribe, comment, and share this episode and this podcast with your friends and your community. It helps so much and I want to make sure that I can continue to reach you guys and land in your ear holes. Have a beautiful day.